necessarily reflect those of the participants or of those of sound mind and moral fortitude or whatever testicles chicken and chips chicken and chips unique new york get my mouth warmed up sibilance i hate that word i do too it's not a very nice sounding word sibilance yeah, it just doesn't, it's not like, it's not like cellar door is apparently like in the English language is like the most beautiful term. Yeah, actor, sibilance, shepherd. I don't, I don't know what, yeah, I'm sure in, in like, you know, Hooters Gone Wild 4 or whatever it is, whatever you got their VHS tape, bro. <laughs> do you have that? I do not. Uh, I have this thing called the internet where, surprise, surprise, there's a ton of pornography. Like a, a wild array and whatever you're into, it's there for you. It's it, you talking about VHS. Pornography. I was just gonna say VHS tapes. Do do either of you have any VHS VHS tapes still in your in your possession? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I do as well. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I just gave a bunch away. I was um, thinking about firing up the old Panasonic VHS to kind of peruse what I had. The only my only cause for concern was I had a bunch of tapes from when my son was young that had like Blues Clues and like different. Yeah, and at some point I had like taped over it with porn, so like yeah. it would like start out with blue scoos, and then all of a sudden, because I was too lazy to rewind the tape to the beginning, and then. So so wait a second, Boom. hold up. So now with your daughter and you're watching Blues Clues, do you like get weird erections? We're not going to talk about that. That's <laughs> in a wildly inappropriate, Mark Cameron. Hey, I you know the Blues Clues guy, man. That guy's pretty fucking money, dude. That guy swims in mom punani. I had a good. What was what was the 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 blue version of like the Red Shoe Diaries? There's something called Blue. Uh, maybe check one two one two. Maybe I'm making this up. I don't know, but like I remember Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah, that's what the X Files are about. They're trying to find out what the fuck happened to Red Shoe yeah. Diaries. <laughs> Jimmy's going from Blue's Clues to Blue Lagoon. Hey, hey. <laughs> a, a, a young smooth Brooke transition. Shields. A young Brooke Shields. What happened to her? Uh, after Agassiz dumped her, she had a failed uh, NBC sitcom, and I don't think she's done anything for 20 years. She went off the, didn't she go off a rocker and fucking like some religious shit or some of that? Well, Google her. That's why we have the internet. That's why we got the internets. How are we looking? Are we good? We're good. Get started here in a minute. Start. What happened, what happened to Brooke Shields and what happened to Billy Crystal? Uh, Billy Crystal still probably goes to fucking Knicks games and Mets games and shit, though. Yankee games. He's a baseball guy, right? I think he's a Mets fan, though. No, he's a Yankees fan. He's 110% Yankees because I hate the Yankees. And I Fuck seen Nick him. Swisher. Fuck Nick Swisher. That guy's. Remember whatever show he was on? He had like a like hosting gig and he's fucking terrible at it. Oh, I made me angry. I Nick fucking Swisher? hate that guy. Nick Swisher was like a host of something. He's fucking terrible. I have no idea who that like, is. You know, shit eating grin. If you look it up in Urban Dictionary, Nick fucking Swisher's face is there. He's the fucking worst. Oh, Billy Crystal's totally a Mets fan. He had fucking Mets hat on and like no. the City Slickers poster. Yankees fan. 
I think. Maybe he had a Mets. He may have had a Mets hat on in City Slickers, but that was a fictional role. Oh. Yeah, you're a big Yankees fan, so how could you wear a Mets cap in City Slickers? Boomsies. I don't like to say I'm right, but I'm right. We're going to write that on the big board, Mark. Yeah. One for me. Shink. All right, so uh, welcome back to the Dad Podcast. We've uh, taken a bit of a break. Uh, life got in the way. Um, I moved to Barry, which is uh, something. Jimmy got married as a child. Well, that happened before. Did it? I got married before the, we, we started the podcast. Really? But I had a baby after we started the Yeah. Yeah, a baby in between. Yeah. You know, you look good, though, for having a kid. <laughs> Are you just trying to be nice? <laughs> yeah. And that's which is weird. Actually, you look pretty fucking good right now. Dude, I've been locked down for three months here, buddy. I'm like fucking, I look like I'm about to have a baby myself. Oh. Hey, go with, you know what? You got to, it's the dad bod cast and you got to, you got to like do it right. Um, the other voice you hear is our good friend, Patrick Wilson. He's going to be joining us for shows now too, as we open it up. Uh, and yeah, you know, we're not going to have anything. If you want to, you know, if you want to find the most things that are going on and the news angle of it, you're in the wrong place. We'll help you find it. You know, this ain't CNN that's here. It's called the Dad Podcast, and like as you heard the opening intro, it, that was a bunch of farts. So really, we're high class <laughs> people here. We actually we had a conversation about that last night. We may be joined at some point uh, by our spokes dad, Mr. Matt Grady. Oh. Uh, we'll see if he rolls in at some. But there you go. It wouldn't Sorry, be a, it wouldn't be a proper podcast without the uh, the top offening so to speak. Grady may show up, and if he does show up, we uh, last night we were treated to his library of farts that he has in his phone, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping that he shows up because he's like, oh, you got to check this one. And he would preface it, be like, this one sounds like I slipped on a banana peel, and we fucking died, dude. And when I say library, he's got like the anals of fucking... <laughs> Fart sounds. You just wanted to work that in. So point <laughs> point for Jimmy on working that in. Yes. Uh, what was it we used to try and work in too? Like, oh, it was like one of the first podcasts to work something in. It was. Uh, oh, I will have to circle back. Yeah, I forget. Now, I, oh, man, it was a long time ago. But yeah, um, one of the things we got to start off with, and one of the things we're known for the Dad Podcast is our uh, obviously hot takes on the NHL. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. I don't know if that actually counts as it, but uh, obviously the NHL. Uh, made a great announcement saying they're coming back and then nothing's happening for two months. So way to get ahead of that one, Gary. Um, uh, the big thing is, I guess, is kind of what's it going to be, who's going to do what. And I guess we begin at the beginning because it's all going to start with the good old draft lottery. And oh. I tell you right now, I'm telling you, I'll call this right now. Today is, uh, what is it, June something or other. And seventh. There we go. Let's record this on the seventh. I'm telling you right now, Detroit is getting the number one pick. It doesn't matter that Ottawa has more technically percentages, percentage eyes, whatever it is. The screw job is in already. It's but that's gonna happen though. Batman's gonna put the kid, uh, whatever his face is, in Detroit because that hockey market needs it. And uh, that's it. Okay, next topic. Well But here's the thing. There's another, you know, French Canadian Anglo Franco market here, right on the border of of Ontario and Quebec, that that also needs a star. Yes, they but they need a lot of things. They need, they need uh, a new, we need a new owner and a new arena and a new everything because and they're not and Batman's not putting it there because he's not going to reward uh, Eugene Doucheface anything. I mean, this week. The fucking Sens split with their charity organization. The charity organization was like, nope, we're out. 
that our ideals don't align yeah. with the Ottawa don't Senators, even, yeah, yeah. even though they are the Ottawa Senators Charity Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. The fuck? I've He's never, have you ever heard of any other like charity foundation separating from the team where it gives them the money? <laughs> hey, listen, there's a whole commentary on that as it relates to everything that's going on right now. Um, somebody even posted up a screenshot of... Uh, suggesting that the reason why they hadn't made a comment on the Black Lives Movement, and it was a screenshot of their followers, or those that they were following, rather, the Ottawa Senators, which is largely comprised of Republicans and, you know, that that whole chestnut, which we don't we don't want to get into that. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's, that's an interesting assumption, and that's, that's fine. But I think the fact of the matter is, is they're not putting that poor kid in that dumpster fire, right? Like they're not. No, I think Eugene's going to sell the team. Yeah, see if there's there's no other team that could. Uh... And Jim Ball Silly is going to buy it. <laughs> there, there's no other team, man, that has that kind of incentive power. You know yeah, what I mean? Jim Ball Silly comes out of left field to, to to do this for the third time now. Yeah, you remember that, dude? That was crazy. To give you some context on the people that don't know what we're uh, referring to, there was a time the auto. Uh, pardon me, the Ottawa Nashville Predators were uh well even before that the atlanta thrashers but uh mm-hmm. the nashville predators were in a lot of trouble uh economically and were looking for potential suitors to take over the team and jim ball silly who at the time was the ceo of blackberry raking it in had come out of left field suggested that he was buying the team and had already started investing money into the arena in hamilton for had renderings done of what the upgrades were going to look like to take it from a 10,000 cap to a 20,000 cap in anticipation of bringing this team to Hamilton. And of course the, the board of governors had to come out and say, uh, and yeah, no, no, <laughs> this is bullshit. This is not happening. Uh, we don't know who the fuck this guy is. He's come out of nowhere. It's not happening. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an odd reference, but you know, he, was in like on the, he was in on the penguins too, wasn't he? He was. Depends. Yeah. Well, Yes, he, uh, his name was bandied about, but I don't think there was any teeth to it. And then again, I don't think there was any teeth to the Predators to bid. I think he was just going on the assumption that I've got deep pockets. I'm going to buy this fucking team and I'm bringing it with me and fuck you and fuck you. You're cool and fuck you. Have you guys ever seen, there's a great ESPN 30 for 30 on the Islanders. And the guy that bought the Islanders in like the early 2000s. And, Jim something or other. Yeah, I don't remember what the guy's name was. But how he was a he was a Texas billionaire and all this thing, and he literally got to the point of owning the team, and then they realized he didn't have any money. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. What, Kevin what was, Con- uh, Kevin Connolly produced it. It was really good. Burping over here. It wouldn't be a podcast without some fucking beers. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Chin chin. Cheers. Yeah. Chin. Um, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the kid's not going to Ottawa because all all the above is listed. Not happening. They're going to figure that out. And if Ottawa does get a new owner, arena downtown, which they want, everything's happy, then they'll get the rigged NHL draft. Because I, 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 you cannot convince me that the NHL draft is not rigged. Here's how I'll convince you. Okay. What's the name of the player in question? Uh, Lafreniere. Okay. Something like that. I, I, know Lafreniere. I think I'm doing that wrong. Lafreniere? But okay. yeah, he's, he's a French-Canadian kid. All right, well... My argument is moot because I was going to say, if you don't know the name of the kid, then the percentages can't be stacked against him. I'm but, I'm thinking he's going to Ottawa. It's going to happen. Uh, well, no, I I'm highly disagreeing because think about it, Detroit. Like Stevie Eisman, 
move back there, become the hero again, out of Tampa, goes back. The team has a brand new rink. The owner has super deep pockets. Uh, you know, owns Little Caesars, Illiches, Illiches. They do a lot for Detroit too. Like they're a very oh, yeah. high profile family yeah, and do that. Great and family. they need they need somebody to get in the stands. I mean, Larkin's hell of a hockey player, but he's just not. He needs someone to play with. And they're going to put the, this kid is coming in the league, and he's good enough. He's going to be a first line uh, NHLer as soon as he's there. Right. Here's, here's a question for you. Okay, so let's think. Let's say all things considered, it works out in their favor, and they get Lafreniere. Where do you think Mike Babcock is going to land? I think right now. Babcock, th- I don't think Babcock's going to land in Detroit. I think they're pretty happy what they've got. Are you sure? Because they have his understudy. They do, but I think they're. I think kind of the the way he left the Leafs and the way his coaching was looked at, it's not. You know, I go back. I go back to look at the, like watch the Last Dance. Did you watch the last? I know Pat watched the Last Dance oh, on Netflix. It. You haven't seen it? Oh, like Phil Jackson, right? Like yeah. the Zen guy. And yeah. the players were all like Phil, like Mr. It, Triangle. Yeah. Triangle offense. But he was also like Zen. He like in the nineties, he had them doing yoga in in the thing. And he's got yeah. a very, it, it showed it. He had a very good knowledge of um, indigenous culture and he learned about it and how to do it and brought this very philosophical because he was kind of a hippie, man. He was a guy doing acid in the sixties and seventies. And he's doing a very philosophical way of, um, of coaching. Babcock's a different one. And that's what he was criticized for in Toronto and that's kind of why he wouldn't shift in. People are like, well, why are you playing Austin Matthews more? Why are you having these things? Like he like he loved Morgan Riley, which I get. Uh Riley's a hell of a kid and I think he should be captain. That's for another another day. Um but I think that he's not as player friendly yet as he needs to be to land somewhere. But that being said, Tortorella turned the t- tide too and got it going in Columbus. But I don't think he's going to um I don't think he's going to Detroit. I think he's going to Seattle. So, Seattle. I Seattle. D- see, I don't know. Seattle. See, you've got a, but, you have what six coaches this year that uh, that came available that all, are all marquee. Over to is, you. Is Detroit not looking at Babcock kind of like the the girl that that left them for for another better looking dude and then comes back four years later? Yeah, but we've all been there with that girl, right? We, you know, we've had that where you got dumped and then um i don't know nostalgia nostalgia sexy right you forget about that you're like oh man me and me and me and me and frederica we had such a good time together you know the 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 good time that she got handsy it was wonderful i mean that's it right it was uh that stuff you don't remember that man when she was on her period it was fucking the worst <laughs> well you know she puts too. out exactly you know that's you remember you don't remember the at the grocery store and yelling at each other you remember the making love right you remember that girl's been kissed a lot. Yeah, yeah. The other thing too is like Babcock. To me, Babcock won a few cups in Detroit. I don't know how many, but then, but then what? Uh, and and they had the talent. That's all Ken Holland. They they kind of did have the talent, but at the same time, it was aging talent, yeah. right? And well, it wasn't it wasn't really being bolstered by players that could come into the system immediately um and and assume a role out of it's training bad. camp out of um you know an AHL contract or whatnot. It's some bad free agent signings too. Like who? Ken Holland. <sighs> who do you have? Bertuzzi? Yeah. Well Bertuzzi always got a bad rap after Steve Moore was a jerk, so Right. What did he do in Detroit? Uh made millions of dollars. 
Well, there's like, that. Like they burned key key years of having Zetterberg and Datsuk. How many Hall of Famers do they have in the, those early year lineups? Right. Oh man. Oh. Like it was just like that was, like that was murderer's row of hockey. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And they changed the game because they were going over to Europe and grabbing these guys. No one else is doing. They didn't have no one else had scouts there, right? Yeah. And they grab these guys. They grab them like in the third or fourth round. And be like, well, no Zetterberg, one knew. Zetterberg was six rounder, I think. Yeah. They set the precedent for uh, Euro scouting. They really did. Yeah. Because they, they were going into these, um, you know, Scandinavian yeah. countries, and they were going into, uh, you know, Nordic countries, and 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 finding these players that nobody else was scouting because everybody else was so focused on certain areas, Russia, uh, North, yeah. you know, traditional Canada, hockey markets, Canada, which was, you know. 50, 40 to 50% of the the major players that sure. are in the NHL are Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. And that, but you're going to have scouts everywhere. So everyone knows what's going on, which is why the, you know, with, with TSN and they have those putrid draft shows where it's like the midseason draft rankings. <laughs> with you know, Craig yeah, Button. Yeah. yeah. Craig Button needs FaceTime like uh, Jay Baruchel did. And this is the end. Hey. <laughs> You bring this up again. This is the end. It was on TV last night, and and Pat was like, "That's a horrible movie." I'm like, "That's oh, a funny awful. movie." It is awful. That's a funny movie. You know what? That that movie is is Jay Baruchel with guys in movies that he's been in a lot with, and them all being like, "Hey, you know what? We owe you one here. We're gonna we're gonna give you the 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 spotlight here." You really don't like Jay Baruchel? Oh, I I got nothing against the guy. I watched Goon last night. It's a great movie. movie. And, I haven't seen Goon. You haven't seen him? No. Well, maybe you should watch him. Goon's a good movie. Have you not? Uh. Are you you're open minded? Like you're willing to? Yeah, oh yeah. Maybe ex- less ex- explore his uh, his his creative endeavors. Some point in my life, it'll get to that point where I'm like, I'd rather watch Goon than play Candy Crush at this point in time in my day. <laughs> maybe maybe it's more Goon and less uh, 90 Day Fiance there, bro. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! You watch your mouth. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm gonna make a comment on that because I started watching it. Like somebody referenced it to me and was like oh man you need to watch it oh so what i do i come home and i tell my wife hey listen i'm trying to find some common ground between the two of us because right now the spread is like her law and order to my seinfeld right yeah. and there's not a lot a whole lot in between so i'm trying to find some common ground i'm like well let's take a chance and start watching the show and uh i've been debasing my soul ever since <laughs> it's tough to watch it's tough to watch however at the same time i will concede that it isn't wildly entertaining. But oh, I yeah. feel for the wrong reasons, though, because I'm watching these train wrecks. I know what's going to happen, and I know the train's going off the rail, and I feel guilty because I'm laughing that I know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, And I'm thinking to myself, what am I learning from this? Like, it, it's purely entertainment. It's junk food for the brain. Uh, is there contextually any real value in what I'm watching? Pure entertainment and the human condition of failure <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that going around right now though oh buddy i think that, that you need that right now though with the world being a, such a serious place that you need that like you said i think junk food for the brain is a bang on a oh, bang on assessment like, yeah i don't know i could shut my brain off for two hours and watch 90 day fiance yeah which i'm gonna pull off the pvr as soon as i get home <laughs> but, um sorry go ahead i was just gonna say detroit red wings terrible free agent signings uh 2013 stephen weiss Oh, was going to be the savior five years at 24 and a half. And they bought it the last three years of the five year deal out of Florida. Okay. 
Uh, that one's yes, that's correct. But we but all teams have made bad deals. Uh, they'll be the yeah. They signed Brad Richards for one year in 2015. When the he Leafs had, signed Jeff Finger, thinking that he was another player. Well, I, you know, let's be honest oh. here. I'm a Leafs fan, and Jimmy, I know you are too, and we love them. But there's a reason why we drink because they mess it up a lot. JFJ. Uh, Detroit uh, found their... I told you this story, right? My buddy was on was in Toronto. He works kind of in Toronto and London. And he was on the street corner talking to somebody. And he was like making fun of like uh, John Ferguson Jr. as the GM. And it was like, guy doesn't know what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. And he turned around and John Ferguson Jr. <laughs> standing behind him on the corner. Kind of smirking. And, and, and my buddy was just like, oh. But it happened. And it's really funny that it's not me. But you just feel like such a, such a D-bag. But... <laughs> That's Toronto, though. That's the hockey market. I would have held my hands up in the air like, yeah, sorry, buddy. I, I would have been like, do better. Why are you at work right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, for it. Sorry, Pat. I cut you off Back there. to you, Pat. I forget what I was going to say. Okay. You were, you, you were talking about the... Um, the draft. draft or sorry, the signings. Red Wing signings. Yeah, the, oh, the bad signings. Detroit, Detroit did what the Leafs used to do, which is sign guys for like one or two year deals at the end of their careers. Well, because everybody wanted to go, like, everyone wants to go to Toronto because there are a lot of Toronto boys, and it's the dream to play for the Leafs, right? So they sign, at the end of the career, they'll take a pay cut, Toronto will pay it, and they'll do it. Some of these are bad. Like, like they're signing guys like Brad Richards at the end of their career for a year. Uh, so Cujo, that was after. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember Cujo being I remember Cujo going there. I remember the Brad Richards signing, too, and that was after he got bought out from New York. So he, Scotty Gomez, and Chris Drury, they had all signed some long-term deals in New York, and they all got packaged out before the end of the deal. Like most of them, I think, were like seven million at seven years, gone before the end of the contract. And then you know they take a chance on Brad Richards, but I think when he signed with Detroit, I think it was like one point five million or something, one point seven million. He was already was, paid. He was. He had already been paid. Like yeah, he. Um, you get paid two thirds of your contract, I think, if you get per- bought out of your contract or mm-hmm. something to that effect, right? You know, who's severely underrated. And a guy nobody, I, I never even think of this guy anymore. Brian Rafalski. Rafalski is a great player, man. Great D man. Yeah, he's a fucking fantastic D man. He was a shut down guy uh, that could would play in the second power play that had some hands that could make some plays, but his primary role. Uh, much like Cronwall was to shut down guys. Yeah. Now Cronwall was the quintessential human eraser. Yeah. That guy, uh, some of the biggest hits that you will see in the NHL. If you go to YouTube and you type in Cronwall, K R O N W A L L, amazing. Or is it V? Cronwall, but it's pronounced Wall. Spelling not my forte, especially with names. Uh, Carlo Koliakovo, two years, five uh, million bucks yeah. in 2012. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, now, that's a horrible signing. He's he is a much better radio personality than he is a hockey player, and he's a shitty radio personality. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy, like, like that guy, man, like the guy got a concussion looking at everybody. Like he guys, was, he, bad news. He's got, he's got like if there's a CTE. And I'm, I'm sorry, this is really awful, but like he's guy's gonna have CTE because he had 17,000 concussions. Like he's gonna end up. Like, I feel bad for him, but it's that route. So, yeah, he's just horrible. He's going to end up like Sloth from fucking Goonies? I don't know. I, I hope he's getting looked at because he, remember, he was like, he's out with another concussion. He's out with another concussion. I'm like, dude, you got to end this. Like, that's bad news. He has Mr. Glass for sure. But he's, that's bad news. And once you get him, it gets easier. But, like, no one, and it was a different time. But he, the guy, yeah, hopefully he's getting looked at. I wish him the best in his health, but he sucked as an unleashed. I'm glad he was in Detroit and he sucks on the radio. So, whatever. <laughs> there it is. 
He probably thinks I suck, but or he doesn't know who I am, so whatever. All right, well, let's just shift gears for a second. I want to ask you guys what you think about the playoff format because yeah. uh, for those that may not be aware, it's it's 24 teams with the bubble teams that are going to play a best-of-five play-in series, the Leafs being one of those, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they technically were within um, a playoff. They qualified for the playoffs. But now they're in a play-in series of a best-of-five against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and apparently after each round, they're going to be reseeded. So it's not going to be based on a round-robin type of style. What do you think? Okay, so the reason why they're not doing a bracket is, one, because the bra- like before with this, the reseeding, the travel was an issue. But they're going to play in Hub City, so travel's not an issue. Exactly. So it's going to be that route. So I actually like that better. I hate the brackets because it's just it's just not it's just not right. I get it. It's easier, and they're like, well, the normal the common fan likes it. I'm like, do they really care? Like, does yeah. the common fan really care? No, it's not. No, so, but the NHLs can see on this, and they're kind of looking at that. Uh, back to the format. Yeah, I'm okay with it. You know what? Uh, get it back. But I, I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of slide over here. Uh, does somebody win count as like a real win, or is there going to be the asterisk sort of comment? Right? Because you know, if the Leafs win, sorry, Pat, uh, the Leafs win, every a hole we know is going to be like, oh, it's an asterisk. It wasn't a real year, especially Habs fans. Okay, you. I think it's tougher to win this cup than any other year right now. Everybody's got an even playing field. Everybody should be healthy. You got twenty. What do we got? Twenty four teams. Yeah, it's wide open. I don't. I think it's. I think. I think this is something cool and different. What I'm not. What I don't dig is that if you, you've got a shot. You've got a shot right now winning the cup. Seven teams don't. You can. You got a shot at winning the cup. You get bounced in that playing round, which I. I still say it's a first. It's a first round. It's you know in that sense. You've got a shot at winning a cup, and oh shit, you lose. Okay, cool. Well, you're still gonna have a shot at uh, getting the first pick. There's that for sure. I don't like that. I don't care about that because it's already rigged, and Detroit's gonna win it. End of story. In the end, there will be 16 teams vying for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. You still have to win 16 games to win the Stanley Cup. I don't see it as different than any any other year because the I think the regular season all it does is seeds who's going to be in the playoffs. Absolutely. My biggest concern, I shouldn't say I not concern, concerns are the word. Uh, talk about like junk food for the brain. I want to know who's coming into camp like fat and out of shape that didn't take care of themselves over this break because it was super hard. Zero percent, nobody. Don't think so. Well, There's got to be somebody. Got to be somebody. Guys, how many guys thought their season was over? I don't think so because I think they would. Man, it's a professional organization. Like you're with, Montreal. You're Montreal in Montreal. Those guys had no thought of the playoffs at all. Dude, you have eighty million dollars on the line, referring to you know all the cap teams. That's a lot of fucking quiche. You, yeah. You're you're vested, right? Every day you're communicating with your team to let them know what's going on. Yeah. You're right, though. Montreal, those teams like the Chicago, <laughs> what and and nine through, uh, on on each end, yeah, right. So w- what is there? There's 24 teams, right? So, yep. <laughs> so there would be normally be 16, right? So there's an extra eight teams from each conference. You're right. Those teams probably were like, oh shit, I'm sitting back having a couple extra Bud Lights, right? These are also guys who. Uh, you know they're they're well off. 
they have time off and like I, I don't know if you if you listen to Sean Avery's podcast, he has one episode about I like do. when he I do too. I really like yeah, it actually. Like it. Uh and I recommend listening to it because it's really good. Uh he talked about like the Olympic break and how like just it's like let the animals loose. And he's like, by day three, I was doing drugs in Tahiti or wherever resort it was. It was madness, right? <laughs> so you wonder how many guys are hitting the, hitting the booze a little harder. And yeah, they're probably checking in. But let's be honest here. We've all worked throughout all this. Like no one's working as hard as they did at work, right? Right. Yeah. Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah. So Go over to you. Yeah, so it's that way. <laughs> no, that was my comment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that way, though. But So they're doing that, and they get the professionals not too, but it's also easy to slide. Like, you talked about it earlier. Like, you know, I put on a few LBs. I've put on a few LBs. Everybody's put on a few LBs. I've put on some hefty LBs. <laughs> However, I don't have a million dollars um, at my disposal. So a lot of these players, okay, let's take a look at the league minimum. 700,000. Okay. Now we're not talking the league minimum. We're talking your starting five lineup. Yeah. We guys that on average, let's call them $4 million a year, not including endorsement deals. Yeah. That, that's prob- that probably have personal trainers at this point, probably have uh, meal prep, probably wow. a lot of amenities that the likes of the three of us here don't have. Sure, absolutely. Right. Now, I'm not suggesting that there's not the Dustin Bufflins that showed up at training camp 40 pounds overweight. I'm, I'm the Dustin Bufflin of COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Am I going to be at work tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be one-off sean avery i mean his personality was addictive to begin with right this is a guy yeah. that was like showed up in calgary oh, and yeah. talked about how alicia cuthbert who was his ex was like i don't know what it is about uh nhlers falling in love with my sloppy seconds right referring to dion Phaneuf. i mean that's a pretty fucking ballsy move but that comes from a guy that you know that lives in excess in every aspect of his life up to and including his love of fashion and and being an intern with a you know a fashion magazine and really exploring a lot of his options but at the same time there's no question that the guy has been on the edge uh throughout his entire career up to and including them having to create a new rule about him waving his fucking stick in front of marty brodeur uh, and causing interference in, in, in the net, right? So there's those guys for sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, I agree with that for sure. But Avery has never changed. So I went to high school with Sean Avery. He you played, did? He played No One Sound. And I'll tell you right now, he was still that guy then. He was oh, a yeah. shit disturber. He didn't know... He, got, he was on Kingston, got traded to No One Sound because he was, didn't uh, didn't do well there. Uh, and well, he, he was that he was guy. So I went to high shit. school with him. Um, none of the girls would go near him, right? Because they all thought he was a dick. Like Sean was a dick. And he was kind of a dick. But I get it, and he didn't li- actually. If you go back, there's a, if you Google it, there's a Players Tribune article about uh, the new Avery rule, and it's about how to manage your money. And he's actually been super smart with it. So he didn't live in excess. He actually was super smart with his money, and now set himself up for life with that paycheck. Um, you're definitely not going to hear like you know the NBA. Like, I shouldn't say sports happens in the NBA, happens in the NFL. Guys go through all their money. He was making sure he didn't do that and had a really good a guy. He played with Adam Campbell, who was once actually, he was on the Platers too, the Ole Sound team, the OHL team. Uh, he was actually became a financial advisor and he was one of the only guys that liked Dave's. Uh, but, so he talked him into this. Uh, Adam Campbell actually, I think, was at one time the captain of the World Juniors uh, for our 
Canada team. Anyway, so Avery in excess doesn't, but it's because he set himself up and he lives a different life than the rest of us. But uh, but there's no excess there, I guess, is kind of my point. Well, you were telling me not two minutes ago that in three days within um, that oh, yeah, for break, sure. the, that he was banging lines and doing whatever he was doing, right? Yeah, for sure. But I think that's just because they're so regimented, right? Like they're regimented and you got, you know, it's. So I'm no, he said, I, he but, but I would, mushrooms, then that's another class on a, on, a, on a vacation. Hey, listen, man, I get that. But I would submit to you that the average NHLer, to quote uh, Sean Avery, is very simple, right? Yeah, okay. A lot of country boys, sure, they like their beer, but they work hard, they play hard, right? Sean Avery, on the other hand, is a guy that dabbled in some of the excesses in life, right? He was somebody that was a little bit more Hollywood sure. than a lot of the league. And it, as a result, put him into situations that a lot of other players would not have found themselves in, largely because of his personality. Guy, I mean, hey, hey listen, man, if you can wheel Alicia Cuthbert, who is like, oh. that's like my hall pass. <laughs> he runs in some circles that a lot of the players don't. And as a result of that, to your point and what you exactly just said, if the guy's like three days into a break and already he's into the hardcore stuff, I would submit to you that m the majority of the players would not be where he would be after three days. Okay, it's, okay, so three days is like the extreme, right? I don't think they'd be going hard for that. But but, it's, but I'm saying like the point of the matter... No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. He did that for three, in day three. And, he, and I agree that most players probably wouldn't. This has been three months where they haven't been training. And they're like, uh, let's order takeout tonight. And let's do this. And they wouldn't be regimented. Okay. And these guys haven't been on the ice either in three no. months. Okay. okay, okay. And I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. But where are they going to go? They can't travel anywhere. Yeah, but they're not going to do that. They're like, But you're like... You've been stuck at home. Stuck at home when you're, you're bored. You're going to be stuck at home. So you're hitting the gym or you're hitting Netflix? Well, if all of your life, Patrick, all, you, all of you known, uh, all of you known. so fucking hard right now. <laughs> I could fucking. I, I could fried I could chicken. Muck I some, love fried chicken. I could muck some chicken wings right now. <laughs> Straight to the face. Did you have ring wing last night? Yes, I do. Is it still good? I haven't had it in probably oh, 10 years. I had it fucking four days ago. It was amazing. Yeah, it's always, it was always you're good every fine. time I had it. You're friends with really good wings like that? Your farts smell like wings the next day? Do you want to try to uh, see if we can get our farts to smell like wings? The new new topic here. On, we're now ordering out. See? Exactly. <laughs> ring, a wing, ring a wing. Call us. You can't... Anyway. Uh, you can't say that there aren't NHLers doing the same thing, though, right? So Because they, they are so regimented that they're breaking out of like their well, regimented schedule. Right. Okay. I, I will give you that. If you're on the Blackhawks and you're like, my year's done. Yeah. And my year's been done for a month. And then uh, they're like, cool, you guys are back in it. Like, your mindset after you're screwed and you know you're screwed is cool. Take the summer off and bring my ass back. Yeah, but I, I would I would argue that fitness would be a lifestyle and not a prerequisite of paycheck. I would agree with that to some extent, but I think guys Take some guys go so hard during the year that summer's summer's summer. Oh, absolutely, man. And that's why they're going to have, they propose like a bit of a training camp to kind of whip these people in shape. And now they know that they're going into phase two and here's the plan. And, and I think part of that is to make sure that they have a they're chance to, to get there. Yeah. We'll see what happens with it all. I mean, that's kind of, that's it. We, we can't, now they know it's coming, so they've had a few weeks to kind of do that, where they kind of get the nudge and be like, okay, you got to kick it up a notch and see if you can get in the ice and do whatever else. 
Um, just back to the Netflix thing, if we could, I'm just going to switch gears here totally because Pat brought it up here before the show was talking about knowing, <laughs> knowing classic movies and the way they're consumed. And it was an interesting yeah. thought um, of it because obviously we live in a Netflix world now and you're talking to a guy who in the late, or, or late 90s, early 2000s, I worked at Blockbuster and that was the jam. Like that was a pretty good gig. Uh, for it. And, you know, you went down, you, you, you picked up the video, you did that, it was in your hand. And now with Netflix, it's not as, I guess, tangible. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Which blockbuster did you work at? The one the one on West Hill or the one... I worked on the East Side Blockbuster and on Sound. East Side Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, never mind then. That story that I've told for a number of years yeah. is, is a total crock of shit then. Oh, because we thought that you bought a CD. That, it was funny. We didn't meet each other until college. Yeah. And because Pat grew up in Fleshton, which is just south of On Sound. And I was in On Sound at the time. And what CD did you buy? Was it? Oh, it was Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile. Ah, okay. So we thought that he bought it actually from me. We're like, oh, that's cool. And now we've just debunked that myth. So anyone who ever retold that, let's just keep telling that story. Oh, it sounds I'm, gonna, I'm not going to not tell it. Yeah, let's just tell the story. It doesn't really matter. But um, your, your point of hand here was, do classic movies now, do they have the same feel, right? Is that what in, you're going in, on? In Legacy. In Legacy. Yeah. Does, does a movie, like, you know, I look back at, you know, some of my favorite movies ever that were like my iconic movies as a teen and you remember buying it and you remember having a dvd and you remember the artwork and it sticks in your mind in the day and age of everything where, where everything's so almost disposable does something new movie coming out and hitting netflix or you know a great tv show that's on netflix because you don't have that same i don't know to me watching things on netflix i don't have the same feels watching live tv like, and I love yeah. the I love that element of live TV. But I mean, content's content. But it is. But sorry, um, I look at Joker. Joker is my favorite movie last year. I love the movie. I went and saw it twice in the theater. Um, great, great flick. Yeah, great fucking flick. Great fucking flick. Still haven't seen it. <sighs> well, it's on Crave, and I see the Crave commercials. I don't have Crave. I have Netflix because I don't use enough of. Like I don't, yeah. I split my, I, I'm because I'm a single guy. I, I share everything out, and there was those single plans for all this. Was another. What do you share your Pornhub account too? I don't have a Pornhub account. Yeah, we I don't have, need, a, we I don't have mean, a family plan. Yeah, we have a family <laughs> plan for our for my Spotify. I have the family plan because it's like fifteen bucks a month. So I have I have Pat on it. I have uh, at, a friend of mine, Ashley, who I split Netflix with. So I pay for the Spotify, and she plays for the Netflix. So and then I then I threw Pat Sounds on. Sounds cozy. Well. It is. It's a, well, it's single people, man. When you're single, that's what you do, right? I hope Spotify is not listening. Although this podcast is on Spotify, it's ten bucks. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Well, why would I? You if know I can split though. Intersection here. Android boxes. You don't want to pay for your content. Take a fucking hike. That's my two cents. I agree. You got to pay for your content. Sorry, hold on. This is a big. Uh, that was a big. Yeah, that was that was hefty. Well, I mean, you guys work in media, right? So. You might yeah, be a little yeah. a tad biased. Nope. I, no, but I th I think from the it's it's no different than stealing music or, or any of that shit. You uh, lime on. wire like motherfucker. An Android box basically <laughs> opens opens up a portal for you to watch whatever you want whenever you want. The model of how revenue and people who make this art get compensated yeah. is from paying for it and viewing rights and things like that. All right. So I pay for accounts. Yes. However, at the same time, I augment it with use by other yes. non-paid accounts. Yes. And you have an issue with that? No. No. Okay. You know, I, think, uh, I think just people that are, you know, 
the the shit costs money to make. Yep. People are investing millions of dollars. Well, then again, you know what? They're making money. They, if they weren't making money, they wouldn't be doing it. 100%. Of course, the business model. But okay, so but you are paying for it, right? And the problem is, is now that it's so diversified that you have to have, like it's gone back to, right? At, we had that golden age, Netflix had everything. And now it's not as Disney Plus has come in and Amazon Prime's come in and everything else. So now you need five services to get the things you want to watch or you don't watch them. You get to, f- to the full library of everything that you would like to watch. Exactly. something's over here and something's over here and that fucking pisses me off. And you cut, well, you cut the cord before because cable was too expensive. Precisely the reason that I augment that with some of the I agree. liberated I, I, yeah, there's, services. There's things that you can't find anywhere. Right? And I mean, we're talking one ops. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a stream hound, right? It's fine, and I get it. I under, I understand it too. But it's a matter of you're still doing it and putting some of that funds in. I mean, I want like as a Joker. Joker's such a great movie this year that for me, I don't. I don't need to own it on DVD. I but I'd like to be able to have access to it. But it's on Crave. I don't have Crave. Am I, am I going to spend the eight bucks a month to get Crave where I watch like other than the Netflix last Netflix thing I watched was The Last Dance, which is amazing, and I, everyone go watch it. It's awesome. Jordan is amazing. Um, and it's f- focused on other things, but like, I'm not going to go get that just for it. So if I, if I was augmenting it, yes, I would do that too, because there's not enough there for me for my value for my dollar. If that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but in the same instance, I think, you know, your, your eight bucks a month is three tall cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd take, the, I'd take the content. Hey, listen, I get the content, but even when I subscribe to those services, it doesn't have everything that I want. Just because you like weird shit, though. Like what weird shit? Like like anime and I don't know. I don't know. I don't, listen, I don't watch any of that shit. You're right. I, man, my my taste might be a bit more eclectic. eclectic. Oh, no, I, I was just I was just making a comment that you're probably into weird, <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> you know what? You could be right. Um, but for our purposes, let's just, the argument will be, let's say, <laughs> uh, I'll give you an example. Jimmy's got the entire faces of death library in seven spots in his home. Oh dude, I'll never forget. I fucking went into blockbuster when I was like 12 or 13 and I'm like, do you have any faces of death? <laughs> the guy's like, get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> uh, no, I'll give you an example. The movie private parts. Yeah. Seen it? Yep. Yeah. Great fucking. We're in flick. radio. Like, of course we've seen it. Yeah. Great flick. Yeah. It's not, not available. True, but yeah. It is not. It is a great flick. It is a great. No, I mean, yes, great flick. The fact behind that. Okay, eh. the chronicling is a little off. It's, but it's yeah. a good movie it's, and it's entertaining. Exactly. It's entertaining. And Don't I take like it as WNBC. I love that. That part's true. And actually, it was funny. Because, sorry, I interrupted here. Uh, Pig Vomit. Yeah. Actually, when Pat and I started for the company that I work for still, he doesn't work for me anymore. Uh, that guy, Pig Vomit, actually came in as like one of the top people. Like a VP. Yeah, it was a huge what, VP. What, did he do like a guest speaking thing or he was no, just we, like, no, no, was no, he was role. like the VP of, of radio. He was oh, like shit. giant. Yeah. So it oh, was God. him. Yeah, it was actually him. The del- like, and, and yeah, so right. him. And then he messed it up a lot. Shocker. And then he didn't work there. All right. So if you don't know uh, the movie Private Parts, is the chronicling of the rise of um, Howard Stern coming from right out of college to becoming the... You know, the magnate fucking mm-hmm. media mogul that he is. Sure, absolutely. That movie is not on any of the paid subscription services right now. Really? No. Why? I don't know. And, you know, I, during the midst of this backdrop that is this pandemic or whatever, what does everybody do? 
they look to the you nostalgia know, the subscription services and they try to go back in time and say oh, i haven't seen this movie in a while let's check it out right there's only so many movies to watch and there's only so right now there's no new movies right that's it, exactly. But and nostalgia is comforting, and that's why people go back to nostalgia. Right, absolutely. You know what? Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. so to, to back to the original point here of my thought is is about we don't have a tangible and buying it. I don't love Joker any less than I did because it's not. All, I mean, I get it, it's on a streaming service I don't have, and I could pay for. Yes, it's eight dollars. I'm doing okay. I could probably afford eight dollars a month. <laughs> I don't think that's going to tank me. I think I'm going to be able to make my you know my mortgage payments and do that. I'm going to be okay. But it's a matter of would I use it enough to make it worthwhile or would it be enough for me? I don't know. I to, but I also pay for cable because I'm a Leafs fan and Jays fan. So you got to have that because I'm just not doing it. Yeah. And um, and I'm old and crusty. Shocker. And like if the Leafs game's on, I don't want to halfway through lose the stream or whatever and be like, although I could actually save my sanity not watching them lose. But that's another story altogether for that. But I, uh, I, don't, feel, I don't think Boston the Joker again. is any less to, or Joker the movie is any less to me because I'm not going to buy it on DVD because I'm not going to buy it on DVD because I haven't bought a DVD and movie in forever. Uh, but it's that route. But I don't, I don't think it changes those great movies. I think that if you go back to like, you know, legendary movies and not saying this is really long, Gone with the Wind, you know, like 1939. If it's a legendary movie, it's a legendary movie in whatever form it was. Like they didn't have... VCRs are what, 75? Like 1975 VCRs came out and Betamax? No. Uh, no, Beta would have been before that. VCRs would have came out in 1980, But he's still like Gone with the Wind Limped On and Dr. Shavon. Uh, not Dr. Shavon, but uh, like, what's that one? What's the stupid slide one? Rosebud. Sure. Uh, <laughs> what's the future for movie theaters right now? It's grim. I don't know. I think it's going to be less people. Th- I think the landmark ones here. Can you can you can you, I think, can you run a viable economic model with half of your seats now, probably in a theater? I don't think you can. And I think what's going to happen. And I made a comment about this the other day. Is why are there not pay per view concerts that you can get yes. right now? I think that's coming. It is. It is coming. But why have they haven't they been there already? And then the models there. It's uh, it's it's getting it, getting the equipment to do it, and knowing how to do it because it's very difficult. No, it's not. So you, yeah, you, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Hundred percent. No, it's not. I think one hundred percent. No, it's not. So you're telling me that right? So a UFC event that takes place in New York City, which pay per view, by the way, is its own company. Sure. Right. So this is not whether or not it's difficult to do. It's whether or not the economics make sense. That's exactly. That's why right. it's difficult to do. Okay. Well, no, it, it difficult. Like the like I said, the infrastructure is there, but now there's more of a thirst and a demand for it because obviously the fact that people can't physically attend the concerts however let's back up a year right so for the sake of argument rage against the machine is playing madison square garden the ticket prices are astronomical you are it will not impact the ticket prices whatsoever because there's 20 million people in that area that will fucking fill up that arena through whatever purchases now you're at home and you can purchase this concert for fifty nine ninety nine or fucking whatever the case. I don't be. think you're gonna pay sixty bucks to watch it at home. I think so. I don't. Why not? I think the price point is a problem. You gotta figure the price point for everyone to be at, right? Okay, I, I will give you that. I will give you that because uh, people aren't gonna do it because it's not. It's, I'm using that. okay, so I'm using UFC and and boxing as a benchmark and a reference for that. But these are also those two are also the most pirated things online, right? I'll give you that. I'll give you that, but. I'm still looking at those as the kind of the benchmark sure, because of largely their pricing 
hasn't changed for over 10 years mm. and it's only in the last five years that the pirating has become rampant before sure. that there was not as much know-how knowledge infrastructure yada yada whatever that people knew where to find it let alone how to do it so the ticket pricing went from 49 and went up 10 bucks right so the first the tractors would have said first oh well it's going to impact ticket sales well we know that's bullshit because people given the opportunity if it's in their local market will want to go and see that of course right so you have the ability to purchase this concert so let's use ufc as a benchmark so ufc granted you're looking at at least a two-hour event if not longer boxing you're looking at at least a two-hour event so let's call the ticket price on it at home 49 dollars bars could also purchase this no different than a ufc event a boxing event whatever pay-per-view event and can charge their patrons for admittance, you know, whatever the, the deals that they run on, excuse me, on the night. There's a lot of opportunity there for all parties involved, for the people that are putting it on, for the people that have the infrastructure to set it up, um, for the, you know, the record companies. Everybody involved could profit off of this. There is so much opportunity. I just feel like a lot of this stuff now they're looking at in lieu of the fact that we can't do this, that, and the other thing due to COVID, at yeah. least in the short term, right? But previous, all of the stuff should have been in place, right? When you think about the major, you know, Live Nation, all these companies that it could have been making a killing off of this stuff, in my opinion. Well, uh, wait a second, though. But nothing gets changed in the world till we have something to change it, right? Like the model was doing pretty well. Live Nation made a lot of money, so they're not gonna not gonna diversify with that because they're going out and touring. And with with Live Nation, yes, it's a one time draw. So they're doing one concert to everybody. With touring, they're doing one to they're doing concerts all over. And it's numerous streams of revenue. They're still gonna sell those tickets regardless. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the I think your I think your entertainment dollar is stretched further than it ever has been because there's so many competitors. Okay, so the the. Most valuable tickets that you can purchase right now, arguably, are the bands that have not toured in some time. Sure. We're going to use Rage Against the Machine as the, the benchmark here because I think they are the quintessential band that exemplifies exactly my argument. And you're looking at two guys. Like, I have tickets. Pat has tickets. We will okay. that. So let me ask you this. If you could have purchased the pay-per-view concert online... For sixty bucks versus buying tickets live, would you still purchase tickets live? I would buy tickets live. Yep. Okay. All day, all day. All day long because of the experience. Okay. Yep. But we're all. I'll tell you also, we're not average Joe public. Okay. Because we're 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 the guys that go and we can pick things out. Like I've got a concert with Pat and he's picked things out. I'm like, holy shit! Like I can't believe he picked that out because he's he's a smart dude um, with that stuff. And I was at the, like the last concert I went to was Lumineers. And I'm not a giant Lumineers fan. It was a good show, and I went with a friend, and it was a fun night out, and that was cool. But hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> but it was that. And uh, but I still sat there at one point, and the thing that I like, it just like, it gets me a boner every time. Is in this in this world is the shared experience, right? All those things we do together are shared experiences, and for that moment. When you're at a show, when you stop and look around and you realize everybody, like nothing else matters in this world. Uh, they're not worried about what the fuck Trump's doing or like that. They're just in the show and everything's cool. Okay. Like that's a shared moment that I love and that's why I love about concerts is that shared moment. I, and with it buying it on TV is great, but it's not the same. Okay. So that's why price points got to be different. Okay. Over to you. I, 
I this is a little bit different scenario, but I feel like in the same context, it, it's very relevant. Uh, one of my favorite bands is a band called Powderfinger out of Australia. They broke up ten years ago. They got back together for a one like one night only YouTube live thing uh, where they were all in their home studios and had the whole thing multicam look looked and sounded fucking great. The band hadn't played together in probably ten years. It was it was free to watch, donate to it, cool, whatever. Would I have paid for it? It was fucking cool. One of my favorite bands got back together after ten years. Would I have paid for it? Probably not. It's all price point. Would you have paid ten bucks for it? Yeah, yeah, I would have okay. paid ten bucks. Would you have paid sixty? No. So price point comes down to it. Okay. So you got to sell. You got to sell on the price point of something being like. Well, that's why Netflix works. Where it's well, it's fifteen bucks now or whatever it is, or craves eight bucks. There's, yeah, but that's different because right. we argued about that earlier. That now it's become the equivalent of channel surfing. How many nights have you been at home and fucking flipping through? Netflix and trying to figure out what you want to watch. Every right? time I open Netflix. It's fucking junk food for the brain is exactly what it is. We're talking two totally different things. Now, there's no question that movies can have a profound effect on you culturally. Um, you know, how, how many... We talked earlier about movies that we quote all the time, right? Yeah. And I get all that. But I'm when I'm talking about concerts... So now, Patty, I paid 40 bucks for this concert... Why don't you come over to my house? I have a fucking big projector and a banging stereo system that we can listen to a bunch of us and we can fucking drink some beers and we can watch this concert high definition with pristine audio in my house. Shared experience. Yeah, it's shared experience. I'm going to a show, but going for me, going to show is my experience. Yeah, for sure. 100%, but But, it's New York, and you can't get fucking tickets. You couldn't even get... Man, you guys were lucky to get tickets to go to see them at the... um, I'm going to call it the Air Canada Center, because I'm seeing it in Hamilton, but that's okay. I believe it's the Jim Ball Silly Stadium now. (laughs) That's what it's called, right? Sarah McLaughlin scoring system. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you... Okay, hold on. That's inside joke, sorry, yes. It was a golf joke, anyway. So let's back up for a second. What did you pay for your ticket? Uh... (laughs) I paid $190 for the ticket. For one ticket. For one ticket. What uh, did you pay for your ticket? $190. They were all $190 no matter where you sat. So, okay. So just give me a second here. And I, this is why I hate Ticketmaster and those sons of bitches. One of many reasons. It's an expensive ticket. I've never seen Rage of the Machine. I want to see them live. Run the Jewels is opening up. Who uh, I, I don't know well. I've seen Rage. Yeah. See, I haven't. So it's got to be like that. Like... When Soundgarden got back together, I never was old enough to see Soundgarden or got a chance when they before they broke up. I saw Soundgarden. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was my band like that. Yeah, too. so it was like yeah. that. So I bought two nights. I bought Toronto and London. It was like because I didn't know it was gonna last, but I right. should have figured out after uh, after the Timberland album with Chris Cornell that uh, which we, we pulled out of the vault yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. It's fucking awful. It's oh, uh, yeah. you I know love- what? It's 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 just such a skid mark on the. But you know what? It's it's not even a skid mark on the legacy of Chris Cornell. It's just it doesn't exist. It's been purged. All right. So anyway, but I knew when that album came out. Uh, that I'm like, good, Soundgarden's get it back together <laughs> after I heard it. Two, that also made him come to London. I got to meet Chris Cornell, which is a boner uh, and a humble brag there. <laughs> and, but uh, but so for Rage, I've never seen them. It is expensive ticket. I am not going to pay eight bucks apparently for Crave, but I'll pay hundred nine dollars because I can't afford it after buying my Rage Against the Machine ticket. Um, but I did it and. I upgraded now because people had because it had been pushed back to 2021. Right. So people had given up floors. So I upgraded my seat from being in the first uh, level, like in the back of the first level, right. to floors. 
So I'm too old to be in the mosh pit, but I'll be at center ice being like, damn. But if there's ever one band to be in a fucking mosh pit for, that's it. Yeah, but I'm old. I don't care. I'd, I'd... Right? You go to it? You I can jump in the pit, bro? I feel like yeah, I'd pull I don't a, feel like it's, it's, I'd pull it's a muscle. It's not like a circle pit. It's not, a, it's, not an aggressive, it's not an aggressive pit. I think it's an there aggressive are, pit. There are certain shows that they're... There's no compromise. You have to be there to experience. Sure. And it's a shared experience. And if I can share with you guys. Please. My last concert experience. Was it Lumineers? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey. So my last concert experience uh, and big concert, other than like local stuff, was Tool. Never heard of them. I went with Matt Grady. We got oh, tickets. Like too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a story. That's what I'm going to tell you. The, the second night. So it's the middle of winter. I grease out of here. Me and Grady and a couple of his buddies in the back seat. We're leaving London. It's the midst of a, sto- a snowstorm. In Detroit or Toronto? It was do? Toronto. Okay. Yeah. And it's slick out there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This is not good. So we grease out of London. We tried to leave early so we didn't hit the snowstorm because it was coming this way. Yeah. But by the time we got to like Cambridge, Guelph, skies had opened up. It wasn't too bad. We get to Toronto. It's fucking cold. It's like minus 10, minus 12. <laughs> so, so Grady, being the, uh, the frugal um, man that he is, decides that he wants to park like six blocks away to save five bucks, which is cool. And I get it. But the guy's got like robot legs, literally, because he's had like his hips replaced. So we're walking underneath whatever underground yeah, wall. path, yeah. And I'm like the shortest guy with the, the smallest legs, right? So I'm bringing up the caboose, and I'm trying to keep up gr- with Grady that's running the fucking the train here, right? So we fucking, we march all over the place. We finally get to uh, Air Canada Center. We, we stroll into Real Sports. They're playing fucking tool over the PA system. Awesome. So we sit yeah. down. We grab some drinks. We have an awesome dinner drinking some Manhattans. It was fucking awesome. And we even showed up like way early. So we go to the venue. I don't know where we're sitting at this point because Grady hasn't told me. He's already picked up the tickets and they were pretty pricey, I will tell you. So we go down. It's like center ice, basically, is where we are, right? So we stroll down there. We sit down in our seats and fucking it's amazing, right? And the atmosphere is electric. Everybody's anticipating Tool. They haven't obviously put out an album in fucking 10 years, all the stars are aligned. It's a fucking great night to be there. Right? Yeah. We had just fucking smoked a joint, which is legally smoked to join the alleyway before we came into the building. Canada is awesome. So the opening band goes on. It's killing joke. The worst fucking sound I've ever heard in my life. It was like nails on a chalkboard, Ugh. dude. It was so bad. We had to leave. Sorry, you got, no, you no, got no. I just say because you finish your sentence. I just want a question: Was it the cl- was it that they were bad, or was it the classic headliner has to sound better and sound guy mucks it up? A little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Yeah, okay. So we have to leave it just because it's it's the shrill of it is piercing and it's terrible, and we're right in front in front of the guitar array, yeah, which is way too fucking loud. So maybe like way at the back of the bowl, it might have sounded better. Anyways, we fucking. Peel out into the concourse. We're walking around. But just before this happens, we go in, when we sit down, the people that are sitting right beside us immediately befriend. 
And the guy looks over to us and he's like, yeah, the people that we were supposed to come to the concert with, uh, they couldn't come to the show. They ended up selling their tickets to somebody else. They're sitting way up in the, the way upper bowl. Sure. So he looks over at us and he's like, yeah, you guys like shrooms? <laughs> Great. He's like, do I? <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, hey, listen. And he holds out his hand and he's got these capsules in there. And he's he like, kind of. <laughs> at the end of the night, he sure was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's got these capsules and it's uh he's like listen they're micro dosage so all you need to do is take a couple of these and i went to look over at grady to ask him if he wanted to do it and he was already swallowing <laughs> so i'm like well i guess i'm on the hook so anyways i take a couple of these capsules and when i say my psa kids don't do drugs don't do drugs drugs are don't bad. do what i do yeah, uh, the opinions expressed. Do as I say, not as I do. The dad podcast. Yeah, just don't do it. Drugs are bad. Sorry, continue, sir. So I pop a couple of these caplets. The guy assures me he was like, "Listen, it's microdose. You guys are gonna have a great time." We peel out. We go on the concourse. At this point, it'd been a half an hour. Things are starting to kick in, and we're walking yeah. around. And there's nothing better than people watching, especially when you're like baked out and you've had a fucking joint or whatever. And every fucking you know, every genre of every fucking type of person that you could possibly imagine is on this concourse. We get to back down. The band's about to go on. We get down. We look at each other. And those of you that have partaken before will know that you get the fucking cheeks going and you're smiling and you're just having a fucking great time. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, the band goes on. Best concert that I've ever seen. And I'll never forget, dude. They got to the end of 46 and 2. And I look over at Grady. And he just has this look on his face like, oh, my God. And it's like we it was a momentary connection where we both just knew. And we immediately just hugged each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I it, it was so profound. I can't even explain it. But it was just like in that moment. So I digress to what we were talking about earlier, which is it's the shared experience. And being in that moment with people That's and sharing it with the band. Now, this happened to be heightened by a little bit of like je ne sais sure, quoi. Sure, of course, but that's the experience. Now, let me shift a gear for a second. Do you spend $79.99 to do that at home? Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. what if like you and I and him and whoever else, wow. hey, listen, you guys throw in, a, you want to throw in a couple bucks? I'll tell you what, you got a couple beers, I got the concert. You grab pizza, I got the concert. Around my house pristine like we're here in my studio right now which i have arguably some of the fucking best speakers that you money can buy yeah and we're listening to it here it would sound fucking amazing sure but yeah. i don't have shrooms <laughs> we can change that <laughs> yeah let's go to high school you buy all your best drugs right i don't know it's not shrooms isn't something i normally partake in but when in that kind of circumstance when it's a band tool. that you hadn't seen. It's tools tool. they haven't played in 10 years, and somebody's like, it's a microdose. It's such a small amount. And all it did was like added like some secret hobo spices on the night. Yeah. Like it was just like the <laughs> perfect. Spices. Yeah. Uh, was there a pat down going into this concert? No, but I will share with you another story, which is fucking amazing. No, hold on. No, just here. There's no, you didn't get patted down walking in this concert. Uh, no. Okay. So my question was, how did he get them in and where did he put them? So they were in tiny little capsules. Sure, but where were the capsules? They were tucked into a cigarette. All right, I'll give you that. I thought like he might have yeah. just taken like he might have. Whoop. No. Oh, believe me, if you if you 
taking drugs into a concert, you know how you're getting them in. Yeah. In your pooper. <laughs> no. Hoop. Yeah. I used to walk into like festivals, like going to Edge Fest when I was in yeah. high school and smoking dope. Yeah. And I had a metal pipe that I would literally put in my shoe. Yeah. No, I think what well, he did Well, times have changed from the mid-90s. What he did 90s. is like, if I'm recalling correctly, and if Grady shows up, you might be able to tell us, but I think what he did is he hollowed out cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And he tucked Like the in Breaking Bad when the, with the ricin. So it was like these clear capsules, like... Like in Breaking Bad of the Ricin. Oh, there you go. Like Jesse's Magic Cigarette. Right. Spoiler. Point point of the story was was one of the best concert experiences of my life. And yes, I was there. I was in the moment. I was, the crowd around us was fucking electric. Yeah. But it's it's that atmosphere. Each ticket was 230 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you're an established young man. Like you're doing okay. Like that's the, remember their audience is guys our age. Right. So. You know, it's we can they're gonna they're gonna charge young man. Well, it compared since the dawn of time, you're you know compared, you're relatively young, older than both of you. You know what else? You know what I talking about concerts and things like that, and Live Nation and Ticketmaster have taken a lot of flack over cancellations and paying money back, and especially in the last little while, the live and and you know I'm not saying Live Nation and Ticketmaster blameless in any of this. But when eighty five percent of your your ticket revenue is sitting with your bands and or fifty percent of it sitting in up front and in you know deposits on tours and things like that, and the money's sitting with the bands. Ticketmaster's just not sitting on it waiting to pay the band to the end of the show. Bands are half up front. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? And they didn't Ticket have Ticketmaster the- and Live Nation, yeah. and I'm not I'm not defending them whatsoever, but they take a lot of shit for bands. You never think about bands fucking sitting on money and bands doing this and bands doing that. Pretty much, eighty-five percent of every dollar that goes into a that goes into putting a concert on and revenue outside of booze goes to the bands. I don't know if it's that percentage. I like I like to see the numbers in that. I'm not. Just, can we correct? I'm curious. Uh, one thing there though, and I'm not a fan of Ticketmaster. You're, Pat, you're right. But I'll tell you, my Rage ticket. So now they have the paperless tickets. I'm old. I like I like ticket stubs. Oh, yeah. Me too. Same. I so have a, in, I order, have a in order to get a Rage ticket sub, yeah, I have a box. And I'm like, yeah, Cuts. same. Um, but in order to get my Rage ticket, because I want to keep that, like that's a keepsake to me. Hundred you know? uh, percent. I had to pay to pick up a will call. I had to pay five bucks to pick up a will call to actually get to get a, a ticket physical stub. Yeah, five bucks at will call for Rage's machine. Fuck that shit. Dude. That's what I said. I'm like, oh, that's greasy. So that's greasy. If anything, that just emphasizes my point. So, the casual fan of a particular band that may not want to make the trek to a venue sure. to watch the show. And let's face it, if I'm going to Toronto, I so now I got to pay for parking plus the tickets. If I want to drink in the venue, a beer is for 14, 15 bucks. Yeah, but it's that's supply and demand. That's supply okay. and demand. Okay, so. I'm not. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this is the brass tax. Sure. So, and you know, I'm a stout fella. I'm gonna want to have fucking two or three, maybe four beers. Atta boy, yeah, of course. All right. So, what are we talking? So, we're talking sixty bucks, at least. Yeah, at least in beers, not including parking. Yep, which is another thirty bucks. Plus, roughly. I'm probably gonna want to grease some some food at some point. 
Uh, $14 slice of pizza. Okay, $14 slice of pizza plus gas. Yeah. Plus the cost of the tickets. So let's... Sum me up a total, would you, Mark Hammer? What am I looking? Uh, you can tell that the two single or the two the two guys without kids are here in the context of like I don't know. It's different. I don't know. My For wife me, is I Dutch, look, right? I look so. at the cost of everything else, and I go, you know what? I'm gonna go see a fucking wicked band tonight, and I know I'm in for this and this and this. And it, you're right; it's not cheap, but. You got to choose your battles. Listen, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not but down that, with that. Yeah. But I'm not down what, with that. So the choice is, right? And we're not your average concert goer because we're no. hardcores, right? We're going to pay that money and that's to be for entertainment. No, to be, to, hey, we're listen, not to be a, fair, you, you work, you guys both work in radio. Yep. And, and, I, and I get a lot of stuff extra. I, 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 I wasn't even going to go no, there. No, okay. But I get, I get the ticket. I don't get gas. I don't get parking. Right. Sometimes I'll get a beer bought for me, depending if I'm going or not, who I'm with or whatever. Something that's nice. Can you get me a ticket? Uh, well, trust me. Everyone asks me that. Do so we get free concerts and everything? I'm like, well, like, oh, fuck. I met this one guy. I was playing ball. When I played ball hockey here in London like years ago. Like, I knew the guy for five minutes. Like, so you can get me Metallica tickets, right? I'm like, yeah, you're top of my list for Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like all my friends wouldn't want to go to Metallica. You're number one, dude. I'm like, me and James Hetfield, we handle all the time. Yeah. I do weekends on fucking the radio station here. Obviously, me and James. Yeah, Hetfield, yeah. Me and James Hetfield. Sure. Let me just call up Lars right now. Would you like to get the private flight there? Like, fucking come on, people. Want to come watch me right. bang garbage can we, lens? Yeah. I wanna, anyway, sorry. Yes, I interrupted. BS. I want to. I want to wrap up this topic because yes. we got a plenty more to talk about, and we're like an hour and ten minutes in. Okay, well, we, let's I wrap hope it up. You're quickly. enjoying. We're not wrapping up the podcast. Oh. We got plenty more to go, oh. but I oh, just, I just, one. I just want to say. So to kind of summarize what I was saying, you got to choose your battles, and mm-hmm. if there's you, those bands that you are you are invested in that you're going to go see no matter what. Yeah, you know Frank Turner comes around. You're fucking going to the show. Oh yeah, right, hundred percent. You know, like Pearl Jam comes around. I'm supposed, you're, to go, I'm supposed to go see them twice, and then the stupid thing hit. Yeah, right. You're going. Yeah, right. I'm absolutely going. Fucking if Led Zeppelin were to do a show at fucking Madison Square Garden, if there was a way well, that I want to go that too. Yeah, yeah. If there was a way I could get yeah, a yeah. ticket, I would go to that. Sure, of course. And I, I, all I'm saying is that if there was the ability to purchase a live stream um, version of these concerts, in for the people that maybe a couldn't afford to go. Be maybe aren't that fanatic of you know to to make the trek and do all that and spend all that money. There's a lot more opportunity for people there in terms of what you said, the argument, the shared experience, because you can all come to my place. No different than I used to do UFC parties at my house, where I'd have a bunch of people come over and everybody would throw in five, ten bucks or yeah. whatever. Um and at the same time, it gives a lot of opportunity for a lot more economic income. And in lieu of the fact that people can't attend shows now, I definitely think this is something that they need to look at. It is the right price point. It's it's a different thing. And that's to find that price point of it. Right. The, the comparable here for me is I think back to Sarstock. You, I didn't go. I did. I You went? Yeah. It was horrible. I watched it home. Well, you were, were you way at the back? Oh, fuck. It was just a hot day. It was just Behind like, 500,000 Oh, yeah. I, the, experience, the experience of being there, I don't think can be replicated on on the energy. You know, I think back. I watched Star Stock on TV. I don't remember a damn thing about it. But you, you know, every person that was there that day remembers exactly everything that went on. And the night ACDC destroyed the stones. And how 
bad the fucking porta potties probably. Stay. Well, that's it. And you know what? Everything it's, was bad. It, yeah, it was. I was bad across the board, but people. That was a long. That's part day. of the experience, right? Like, so if you could have paid seventy bucks or sixty bucks to watch that at home, well, Woodstock's remember the Woodstock's on pay per view as kids, right? Yeah, I remember like they came free for a while. You got like they opened it up, trying to get more people like watching, and then do it ever because the pay per views. Yeah, but it was so watered down at that point. Yeah, it was still commercial. It was what that was like. I watched. Oh, the, that's wheelhouse for me. Like Woodstock '99 is just wheelhouse. But wow. there's so many great bands that were on that. I, I didn't go myself, but I had some friends. I had buddies that went, and I'm sure they started the fires because yeah. they were just those guys. <laughs> like I have a feeling like they were the guys who started the fires. So obviously a long one here for us to get back. Um, man, this feels good. It does. I feel like uh, we, I don't want to say belabored some of the points, but at the same time, we haven't talked in a while. So there, you know, there were some topics to discuss. Yeah, for sure. We're going to do that. And uh, thanks everyone again for, for doing out and hanging this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna drop another. I think we're, are we gonna do two in a row here? We're doing two in a row, so stay tuned for um, episode one B. Sure. We're not one. What well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know the next saying. episode. <laughs> this will be like this is the next episode. Diddy. Exactly like it's Dre. Um, and I know I can tell you just to, like this is that what was they call awful. this is yeah it was uh, this is what in, in the biz they call this a, uh, a tease. So I know you've been wondering about uh, Jimmy's Mart stories because of the COVID. There's got to be some of those. And usually we have a Mart story every one. We don't at the moment. Well, we won't for this one. But we're going to drop this with two of them as well. So Because, hey, you haven't heard from us in like a while. So you got time. And what are you doing? You can't go anywhere. Come on. Um, Come on. So we got, we got Mart story. Um, I'm going to tell you how puppetry of the penis made an appearance in my life uh, recently. And that sounds super weird. And I promise the story is worth it. And I got an addition to all that story. That's that's classic. And uh, what else do we have? Well, we're going to talk about craft beer because yeah. it's uh, this is a big thing, and we want to see what people think about pine cones. Um, and then the other thing we're going to do is a little quiz. Ooh. So I want to see if you're up and up on your uh, urban dictionary. So if you can tell me what uh, certain things mean, we're going to find out. I'm gonna I play, like I, games. Ooh. 